Today in the Joy in the Word podcast, we pick up in the book of Acts, and we're going to read chapter 6 and 7. Acts chapter 7 is one of my very favorite chapters in the Bible. So picking up in chapter 6, the lead into that chapter is the choosing of the seven. In those days, when the number of disciples was increasing, the Grecian Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So at that time, there were pretty distinct groups of Jews, sort of the ones that were Hellenistic, which means they were Greek lands other than uh, Palestine in particular, and then um, also the Hebraic Jews, which were more traditional, and they spoke in Aramaic or in Hebrew. They preserved sort of the original Jewish culture, and they're here having a disagreement over the distribution of food for the widows. We know that according to the law, it's their responsibility to take care of the widows. So they're disputing who's going to do it, what money is taking care of it, and so on and so forth. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the Word. Basically, they realize they need more people to help with all of the needs. And so they are going to choose these seven men who are trustworthy and from among you known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. And so this proposal pleased the whole group, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. That's the first one, and he is set apart. And then it says also Philip, Procurus, Macaner, Timon, Parmenius, and Nicholas from Antioch, who was a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid hands on them. So the distribution of prayer and of the Holy Spirit when their hands were laid on them. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. And a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Now Stephen is seized. Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, did great wonders and miraculous signs among the people. Opposition arose, however, from members of the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, Jews of Cyrene and Alexandria, as well as the provinces of Sicilia and Asia. These men began to argue with Stephen, but they could not stand up against his wisdom or the spirit by whom he spoke. So these men who are now stirred up against Stephen says they secretly persuaded some men to say, we have heard Stephen speak words of blasphemy against Moses and against God. We know that's not true because verse 10 just said they could not stand up against the wisdom or the spirit by whom he spoke. Picking up in verse 12, it says, So they stirred up the people and the elders and the teachers of the law. They seized Stephen and brought him before the Sanhedrin. They produced false witnesses who testified, This fellow never stops speaking against this holy place and against the law. For we have heard him say, that this Jesus of Nazareth, 
will destroy this place and change the customs Moses handed down to us. All who were sitting in the Sanhedrin looked intently at Stephen, and they saw that his face was like the face of an angel. Now chapter 7, Stephen is going to give his speech to the Sanhedrin. He's basically going to tell them their history and read their mail. He's going to explain to them the word of God as it's been given and what they did with it. As I said before, this is one of my very favorite chapters in the entire Bible. There's nothing I can really add to it. I'm just simply going to read to you the speech that he gave them. So it says, then the high priest asked him, are these charges true? To this he replied, brothers and fathers, listen to me. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham while he was still in Mesopotamia, before he lived in Haran. Leave your country and your people, God said, and go to the land I will show you. So he left the land of the Chaldeans and settled in Haran. After the death of his father, God sent him to this land where you are now living. He gave him no inheritance here, not even a foot of ground. But God promised him that he and his descendants after him would possess the land, even though at that time Abraham had no child. God spoke to him in this way, Your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own, and they will be enslaved and mistreated four hundred years. But I will punish the nation they serve as slaves, God said, and after they will come out of that country and worship me in this place. Then he gave Abraham the covenant of circumcision, and Abraham became the father of Isaac and circumcised him eight days after his birth. Later, Isaac became the father of Jacob, and Jacob became the father of the twelve patriarchs. Because the patriarchs were jealous of Joseph, they sold him as a slave into Egypt. But God was with him and rescued him from all his troubles. He gave Joseph wisdom and enabled him to gain the goodwill of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. So he made him ruler over Egypt and all his palace. Then a famine struck all Egypt and Canaan, bringing great suffering, and our fathers could not find food. When Jacob heard that there was grain in Egypt, he sent our fathers on their first visit. On their second visit, Joseph told his brothers who he was, and Pharaoh learned about Joseph's family. After this, Joseph sent for his father Jacob and his whole family, seventy-five in all. Then Jacob went down to Egypt, where he and our fathers died. Their bodies were brought back to Shechem and placed in the tomb that Abraham had bought from the sons of Hamor at Shechem for a certain sum of money. As the time drew near for God to fulfill his promise to Abraham, the number of our people in Egypt greatly increased. Then another king, who knew nothing about Joseph, became ruler of Egypt. He dealt treacherously with our people and oppressed our forefathers by forcing them to throw out their newborn babies so they would die. At that time, Moses was born, and he was no ordinary child. For three months, he was cared for in his father's house. When he was placed outside, Pharaoh's daughter took him and brought him up as her own son. Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech and action. When Moses was 40 years old, he decided to visit his fellow Israelites. He saw one of them being mistreated by an Egyptian, 
So he went to his defense and avenged him by killing the Egyptian. Moses thought that his own people would realize that God was using him to rescue them, but they did not. The next day, Moses came upon two Israelites who were fighting. He tried to reconcile them by saying, Men, you are brothers. Why do you want to hurt each other? But the man who was mistreating the other pushed Moses aside and said, Who made you ruler and judge over us? Do you want to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? When Moses heard this, he fled to Midian, where he settled as a foreigner and had two sons. After forty years had passed, an angel appeared to Moses in the flames of a burning bush in the desert near Mount Sinai. When he saw this, he was amazed at the sight, and he went over to look more closely. He heard the Lord's voice, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses trembled with fear and did not dare to look. Then the Lord said to him, Take off your sandals. The place where you are standing is holy ground. I have indeed seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their groaning and have come down to set them free. Now come, I will send you back to Egypt. This is the same Moses whom they had rejected with the words, Who made you ruler and judge? He was sent to be their ruler and deliverer by God himself through the angel who appeared to him in the bush. He led them out of Egypt and did wonders and miraculous signs in Egypt at the Red Sea and for 40 years in the desert. This is that Moses who told the Israelites, God will send you a prophet like me from your own people. He was in the assembly in the desert with the angel who spoke to him on Mount Sinai and with our fathers, and he received living words to pass on to us. But our fathers refused to obey him and said they rejected him and in their hearts turned back to Egypt. They told Aaron, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who led us out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. That was the time they made an idol in the form of a calf. They brought sacrifices to it and held a celebration and honor of what their hands had made. But God turned away and gave them over to the worship of the heavenly bodies. This agrees with what is written in the book of the prophets. Did you bring me sacrifices and offerings forty years in the desert, O house of Israel? You have lifted up the shrine of Melech, the star of your god, Raphon, the idols you made to worship. Therefore I will send you into exile beyond Babylon. There Stephen was quoting the prophet Amos that can be found in chapter 5 of the book of Amos. He goes on to say, Our forefathers had the tabernacle of the testimony with them in the desert. It had been made as God directed Moses according to the pattern he had seen. Having received the tabernacle, our fathers under Joshua brought it with them. When they took the land from the nations, God drove out before them. It remained in the land until the time of David, who enjoyed God's favor and asked that he might provide a dwelling place for the God of Jacob. But it was Solomon who built the house for him. However, the Most High does not live in houses made by men, as the prophet says. Here Stephen is quoting Isaiah. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What kind of house will you build for me, says the Lord? 
or where will my resting place be? Has not my hand made all these things? He goes on in verse 51, you stiff-necked people with your uncircumcised hearts and ears, you are just like your fathers. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Was there ever a prophet your fathers did not persecute? They even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one. And now you have betrayed and murdered him. You who have received the law that was put into effect through angels, but have not obeyed it. When they heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this, they covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their clothes at the feet of a young man called Saul. And that is the same Saul who will have the transformation and later be Paul. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. That ends the chapter. He just told them their whole history. He read their mouth. He told them where they missed it, where their fathers missed it, where they were all missing it. And then as they were stoning him to death for it, the Lord opened heaven and showed him exactly where he was going. And then, through grace, asked the Lord not to hold these sins against these men. That ends chapter 6 and 7. We will pick up next time in the book of Acts in chapter 8.